If there's a smell, then you talk to the tenant about the smell. Why are you rummaging through her bedroom? Why? What was it you pulled I'm... out on from underneath the bed? This is the plaintiff, Tracy Riffle. She says she rented a basement apartment from the defendant, and her rights were violated, and the woman stole from her. She's not about to let her get away with that, and is suing for the return of her $5,000. This is the defendant, Jenny. She says she and the plaintiff were very friendly at the beginning. But things turned bad because the woman was a slob, and the smell from her room became so unbearable it was like something died under her bed. If anyone hears owed money, it certainly is not the plaintiff. She's accused of lousy landlording. The defendant has filed a countersuit for $4,950 for rent owed. All parties, please raise your right hand. What you are about to witness is real. The participants are not actors. They are actual litigants with a case pending in civil court. Both parties have agreed to drop their claims and have their cases settled here before Judge Marilyn Millian in our forum, the People's Court. People's Court is now in session. The Honorable Judge Marilyn Millian is presiding. Litigants have been sworn, Your Honor. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. All right. Ms. Riffle, you are suing your former landlord, Ms. Janney, for $5,000 in damages because you had to move thanks to her, according to you, violating your privacy rights. And then you have a counterclaim against her because you feel that she inappropriately left in the middle of the lease and your counterclaim is $4,950. Let me start with you, Ms. Riffle. What happened here? Um, so June of 2019, I answered an ad on Craigslist um, for a one-bedroom apartment for $990. Um, I was at that time told that we would be sharing the laundry, and the laundry is actually in the bathroom of the basement apartment that I would be renting. Um, so that meant that I, whenever she wanted to do laundry, she could go into your apartment? We agreed on a day of the week when she would do laundry, but yes, that would mean that she would enter the space to go into the bathroom to do the laundry. Okay, um, so what happens? So uh, I leased the apartment, um, and within the first month of that lease, um, I noticed some of my things in my bedroom were moved around. I took some pictures to be sure that I wasn't imagining it. Um, and I sent her an email talking to her about how private of a person I am and that I really don't feel comfortable with her being in the space on days other than the uh, Monday was the day that we agreed on, but other than the times that she's coming to do laundry. You start noticing that things are missing or moved? Um, both. And I, I, I didn't think that she had really good boundaries. <laughs> And I also thought that perhaps, um, you know, she, she just needed to do her laundry. And I just wanted her to let me know that. Um, so the, the washing machine broke. And so and the, it was broken for a little over a month or right around a month. And during that time, I started noticing a lot of activity it was almost daily. Um, so at some point, you decide that you're going to put some hidden cameras in there, right? 
Um, yes, I had an app with, um, I bought a couple of $60 cameras at a local department store and, um, and they came with an app and I was able to watch it live and to watch it again um, at, my, at my leisure. All right, so let's look at a couple of these uh, videos. What room was she exiting right there or entering right there? That is the bathroom where the washer and dryer are. Okay. And here she's digging So she's opening up your drawer. She's digging through a box that's sitting she there. She pulls out some batteries. Yep. How does she even know the batteries are in there? I have no idea. I think she knows where everything is in my apartment. Okay, well, that's a little peculiar. Can I ask you, Ms. Janney, what exactly were you doing reaching into her drawer and taking batteries? Well, it wasn't in a drawer. It was, um, she had a whole bunch of boxes on the floor and that they were on top of the box. I didn't open any drawer uh, to get them. And um, it was, you know, it was well into covid I hadn't been out of the house in over a year. Um, my TV remote didn't have, had dead batteries, and um, I didn't have any batteries. You saw batteries saw there, hers. and you took them. Did you ever tell her that you? Did you ever tell her, "Hey, I borrowed two batteries. I'll replace them." Did you ever say anything, or you just took them? And no, and no. But I did replace the batteries that I took. I I replaced everything that she is insinuated that I took. All right, let's see this next video. You call this defendant using the plaintiff's cleaning products. And what exactly were you doing, taking a cleaning product and going into the bathroom, Ms. Janney? I was cleaning her bathroom. Did, yeah, did because, you think of her, um, Ms. Janney, as a roommate as opposed to as a tenant? Well, you know, the setup was more like a roommate because anytime that you have shared space that people are allowed, you know, I mean, the, the lease that she signed said that I had full use of the bathroom. And during the first year, I'm sorry, that's was, not what the lease, wait, stop, stop, stop. That's not what the lease says. That's you have the right to go down there to do the laundry on Mondays and Tuesdays or whatever days you guys end up agreeing. That's not full use. It's not carte blanche. That doesn't mean you get to walk around her apartment or read her mail or do any other things um, or clean her bathroom. I mean, I, I would love it if the, the bathroom fairy came to my bathroom and cleaned it without my asking, but not everybody does like that. People don't want their stuff touched. So, and she had kind of made that clear. Let's look at this one. Defendant entering bedroom, returning trash can. So I guess she emptied your trash. And you are claiming that there was a $100 gift certificate thrown out in the trash. That's convenient, but all right. No, I, I didn't enter that into my claim either because I couldn't prove it. But the, in this video, she goes under my bed. Why are you in her bedroom at all, Ms. Janney? Because why are you in her bedroom at all? And why are you pulling out um, something underneath? There was an incredible odor coming from downstairs. And it smelled like, like a dead animal. And once I eventually moved the stove, I actually found two dead mice under her stove. And I mean, right, the but smell you, what was... I don't understand, Ms. Jenny, if there's a smell, then you talk to the tenant about the smell. Why are you rummaging through her bedroom? Why? What was it you pulled I... out on, from underneath the bed? 
I don't know what was in it. I didn't. Okay, I but you have no business so doing that. She pays rent. Right, okay. but this is her space and she pays rent. You really have no business doing that. Do you know that you were being taped, by the way? Did you know these cameras were in there? Yeah. When did you learn that there were cameras in there? Because the lady's telling you she wants her privacy and you're not giving it to her. So when did you learn there were cameras in there? I guess I was aware of them like at the end of January or the 1st of February. Really? Because there's two of them where you're buck naked inside of her apartment. So you okay. tell me how on God's green acres you could possibly have known you were being taped. Or maybe you're well, into that because COVID has been so boring that something has to, <laughs> you know, sparkle our day. I don't get it. Like, I don't think you knew you were being taped until she finally told you. When did you finally say, listen, I've got cameras in there, Ms. Riffle? Um... While you're looking for that, I want to play another video. Here is defendant in bedroom, looking underneath your sheets, walking around, reading your stuff, uh, looking at your carpet. I mean, maybe she's trying to figure out where the smell is coming from. I don't know. There was not a smell. But there, it's I don't, not her. It doesn't matter. It's that. not her prerogative. Yeah, it's not up to her. There's no text where she says, hey, there's a terrible smell. What's going on? I mean, I, I think that's an excuse at this point, too. I think that, that what's she doing here? What yeah, is that she's that she's touching? My, a medicine cabinet? My, yes. That's creepy. All right. So let's talk about the text that you send her, because um, it's kind of very important evidence in this case. On February okay. 10th, good morning. I have made several attempts to have a face-to-face -face conversation with you, so I figured I would just text you and maybe that would be easier. First, I wanna say how much I love it here. I love the neighborhood, the neighbors, the beauty out here, the drive. I love everything about being here with the exception of one thing. I can't handle the number of times you come into my apartment, you go through my things. I also don't know how to express to you how incredibly important my privacy is. I knew that you would be entering my apartment to do your laundry and that was something I had to really wrap my mind around, but I did. But all of the extras that come with that have got to stop. I know that often you are being helpful by taking my trash out, doing my dishes, cleaning up, but it is so unsettling for me. Monday when you were doing your laundry, you took my coffee, and there is a video of that, my coffee that was on my bedside table, and dumped it. You know, I guess she was trying to be helpful. I drink my coffee that was on my bed. I drink my coffee when I get home. I drink it cold. It just doesn't feel good knowing that you were in my bedroom. What I would like is for you to come down, put your things in the washer or dryer, and go back up to your space. There really shouldn't be any reason for you to hang out while I rented the whole apartment from you. It has to stop. Something that is really bothering me about all this is that you are using my cleaning products and eating my food. And that feels like a really big violation of my privacy. My things are constantly being moved around from how I left them. I even moved all of my snacks into my room and you still went into them. I don't know what to do to remedy this. I just want it to stop. I don't want this to create an awkward dynamic between us as I really like you a lot. I just want my privacy to be honored. Thank you. Okay. Ms. Uh, Jenny, can you kind of explain to me how it is appropriate that you be walking in like that in your tenant's space over and over and over? Well, like I said, because you're only supposed to be doing the laundry. Why are you walking? What are you doing right there? You're picking up stuff, her cleaning supplies, and then she is actually, you can actually see her cleaning your bathroom, which is really the weirdest part. 
Actually, that's not she the weirdest part. Her. Walking around completely naked on video was the weirdest part. Why were you doing that? Because it was the Monday that I was allocated. You know, she. Why does that mean you can walk around naked in her space? Because I was doing my laundry and I took off everything I had and threw it in the laundry so I would have it clean. I mean, when you can only do yeah, laundry. Yeah, and you're telling me that you knew that you were being taped? I didn't know at that point. I, I told you when I thought that when I had seen them. And uh, no, obviously, I wouldn't want to expose anybody to seeing me naked. Um, so no, I wouldn't. I didn't know it was there then. And there I'm taking her cleaning supplies. And yeah, I'm cleaning her bathroom. That may sound really weird. But I was, you know, I mean, there was an odor down there. There was mold you're, but right there, the you're bathroom. leaning into a box of hers and you're rifling through her stuff. Why are you doing that? That was the time I was getting the batteries out of there, I believe. And no, judge. No, no, it isn't. You honestly, had different clothing on. Now let's look at this one. And this one, you are walking into the kitchen. Why are you going into the kitchen and opening her drawers and stuff? I probably went in there to get the trash. Out. No, and, there's no trash you know, in your I, hands. You're getting food. She also did her laundry in my bathtub. She did her laundry in my bathtub. And there's her cat in my space. And I told her how allergic to cats I am. What possible reason could you have had to be going through her medicine cabinet, that little purple medicine cabinet, Miss Janney? It's not um, a medicine cabinet. It's a little display what case. What is it? A little wooden, dis a wooden display case. And What's I it got inside? Just looking at it. Nothing. What? What? Again? Right. How do you know that? Business to be opening up her her <laughs> display case. Okay, it's not your business to be doing that. Now, what are you doing with her mail? And that one, you literally had picked up her mail and then you threw it back on her pile. Why are you looking at her mail? I I thought it, I was bringing mail in for her. No, we're gonna play that one you again. Yeah, no. There's a video before that where she picks it up. Yeah, no, she's totally nosy, and she has no business doing this stuff, and it's completely unsettling. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Whether it's routine maintenance and emergency repair or a dream project, Angie lets you compare quotes from multiple local pros, browse homeowner reviews, and even book a service instantly. Angie's been connecting people with skilled pros for nearly 30 years. So the next time you have a home project, bring it to Angie to get your job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. So on February 24th, you say to her, since I haven't heard from you in a reasonable amount of time, I have decided to move. If you let me out of my rental agreement early, give me until March 4th to vacate the space. Leave me and my things alone until then. Return my entire security deposit. I will not press charges. I have spoken to an attorney. I have shown him my video evidence of you eating my food, digging in my boxes, opening up the cabinet with my food, and removing things, taking my batteries and trash bags, pulling my tub out from under my bed, walking through my room, touching my things after I asked you again and again to stop, going into my drawers and my bedside table, removing items, using my cleaning products, etc. If I have to go to court, which I do not want to do, I am prepared to do so. I feel as though I am being very fair, and I will leave quietly. 
should you agree to these terms. If I don't hear back from you at 8 a.m. tomorrow in capital letters, February 25th, I would like my entire security deposit left on the washer on Saturday. Okay, Ms. Riffle, this is you saying to someone, I have evidence of your criminal behavior and unless you accede to my demands, I will proceed against you. So it sounds a little extortiony to me. Um, kind of like that's maybe. exactly the definition of extortion, you know? Um, when you tell I, someone, I, I have evidence of your wrongdoing, but I'll keep my mouth shut, there's a fine, fine line between settling a case and outright extortion. I suppose you're going to tell me, Judge, I'm just settling the case. I just want to get out of the lease, and I just want to um, not be sued for the rest of the lease, and I want to make sure she doesn't keep my security deposit, so I'm demanding it before I move out, which is not what a security deposit is, but okay. And I want four free days in the month of March and leave my stuff alone. So, Judge, I'm just trying to settle a, a civil case, not extort. I presume that's what you're saying, right? Yeah. You then, what you do is you move out, right, on March 4th. And what time did yeah. you leave to your new place? We left around 3.15 um, to head over to take the first load. And as just a few minutes after we left, she entered my space and started putting things in a box. She was taking little random items from around my apartment. Were she any of them yours? Were any of All the of items it. she was taking yours? What was All she doing? So what was she I, putting I in boxes then? I couldn't see what she was putting in boxes, but then she had Then how do you know they were yours? That. Let's see. Because the contents, with the exception of furniture, were all mine. And she promised okay. to leave me and my things alone. And she claimed later that she was trying to help me, but she's not helping me by taking my tape. At, that's not helping at all because I kind of needed it for the boxes. Can which, I ask you, Miss Jenny, why on earth are you inside the apartment when she goes to take her first load instead of waiting until after she's completely moved out. Can you answer that? Well, it was late in the evening by the time that they had finally moved out and even left some things Do you have? And you don't have a date stamp of the time of stuff? You don't have any date stamp on these videos? No. So, Tracy, at 9.37 p.m., you say as follows. The place is vacated. We are leaving. After considering your offer of what can you do, if you cover my moving expenses into my first month's rent, which would come out to about $3,000, I will not move forward. That is my only condition. Pardon me? What? She had Because she walked in before midnight? You, no. you are going to extort another $3,000? What is that about? Because when does your attempt to settle start to look like extortion? You're demanding she, from her another 3000 so that you don't prosecute her criminally. Why? Because she entered the apartment before midnight. I agree with you. She shouldn't have entered the apartment before midnight. But you're going to need to show me thing. what your damages are from that because they sure as heck aren't $3,000. She agreed to, not, um, to leave me and my things alone. She then came into the apartment after that and, and breached that agreement. I called the police. Um, as soon as I got back okay, from the... Okay, tell me exactly what are you claiming in debt. In other words, what did you lose as a result of her walking in there? Exactly what? A magic eraser? What else? A magic eraser, a, a roll of packing tape, 
Um, she damaged one of my chairs by standing on it. Um, I mean, it's all collective, and I just feel like it's egregious. Right, I, and you know what else is egregious? Go in stop, there. stop, listen to me, listen to me. You know what else is egregious? Extortion is egregious. When you look at someone and say, I've got criminal evidence against you, ha-ha, you walked in before midnight, so you know what? Now you can give me another $3,000, and if you do, I won't go to the authorities. That's also distasteful. I she can't tell you how distasteful I find that she, right, because, and then what? You just, you saw an opportunity to, to, to get a little more, and it wasn't enough that you got four free days, got out of the lease, got, um, got your security deposit without having moved out. All that is of value to you. Listen, I am 100% with you, Ms. Riffle. A landlord cannot be rummaging through your stuff. It's super, super creepy to say nothing of disgusting and a complete violation of your privacy. So that lets you get out of a lease. That is an uninhabitable mm -hmm. situation. And that lets you get out of a lease. That is what we call in the law a shield. You, however, my dear, are attempting to use it as a sword. Not once, but over and over. I am not going to award you $5,000. I am going to hold you to your agreement with her, the first quasi-extortionist, maybe settling a civil lawsuit but threatening criminal prosecution agreement, which allows you to be there for free until March 4th. That is what I am going to hold you to. I find that she did violate that agreement, but in order for a judge to to strike down a settlement, it has to be a material violation. I have looked through every one of these videos, and I think in her mind you were basically moved out and she was trying to pick up things and she was and she had no business doing that. She is as wrong about that, about her right to parade naked in your apartment, okay? She is wrong, she's definitely wrong, but it's up to me to decide is that such a substantial breach of their little agreement about March 4th that I'm gonna find her in violation and then say, hey, all of the gloves are off, you get another five grand. And no, my answer is no, I'm not going to. And on your counterclaim, which I know is contingent on me not enforcing that original agreement, I am also going to find no, Ms. Janney. And therefore, my verdict on Ms. Riffle's case against Ms. Janney, I am ruling for Ms. Janney. Um, and on Ms. Janney's counterclaim, which you specifically said in your claim, I am only doing this if you don't hold us to our original March 4th agreement, I agree with you. I am holding everyone to the original March 4th agreement. You, Ms. Janney, need to understand and learn some boundaries. You want a roommate, you make clear that that person's your roommate. I strongly suggest you not rent that apartment out again with the washer dryer down there. Because from what I've seen on these videos, you can't help yourself, okay? So you really need to have some kind of separation between you and any potential tenant. That is my judgment. Good luck, folks. So in this pretty amazing case, uh, first, let's start with you, Ms. Riffle. Uh, the judge said you were extorting her. You don't get another $5,000. I feel uh, as though this woman can do whatever she wants and get away with it, and I have no recourse. Well, not in the eyes of the judge. You were wrong, and so was she. So maybe that'll help you feel a little bit better about it. In any event, let's talk to Miss Johnny. Um, Johnny, you, the judge really ripped into you too for going through her her apartment like that. How did how did you feel watching yourself on video? Uh, I was. I feel like I was pretty fat, to tell you the truth. <laughs>
but I know that that was a, a violation of her her privacy, and I totally agree with the judge on that. I agree with her wholeheartedly, and I think that that was the appropriate ruling was to stick to the first agreement um, that Tracy posed. So I'm happy. I'm just glad it's over. I'll bet you are. All right, let's get Harvey's perspective on this now. Mr. Levin? Okay, Doug. So in a situation like this, uh, the plaintiff may have a legitimate grievance. The problem is the plaintiff and the defendant engaged in a settlement, and the settlement covers everything. So even if there would have been a claim of a violation of privacy or whatever it is, if they settled and the settlement was executed, the plaintiff is simply out of luck. You get one bite of the apple. What is a reasonable amount of time to wait before getting paid back for a loan I made to my mother? It's been four years. She hasn't paid me, and I'm thinking of suing. Should I? Good Lord. <laughs> um, how much money are we talking about that would justify suing your mother? I mean, there's a moral component. It is your mother, right? Who gave you life. Right, but what has she done for you lately? Uh, who, in whose body you had nine months of unpaid rent. That was a long time ago. What have you done for me lately? Um, you know, in life, yes, you can, this is America, you can sue anybody for anything all of the time, right. but should you? Just because you can, no. does that mean you should? No. No, this is a lawsuit best just Leave toss it by. aside. I mean, you know, there are other options. He could send some guys over to break her leg. No, no. I'm just, <laughs> just kidding. Seriously, you don't sue your mom. No. It's your mother, for God's sake. Exactly. Come on. This is the plaintiff, James. He says he hired the defendant to videotape his daughter's wedding. And since it was canceled due to the pandemic, he had to reschedule it. A sneaky defendant tried to raise his price by 20% for the rescheduled wedding. And that is simply outrageous. So he's suing for the return of the $4,800 he's now owed. This is the defendant, Mike Henricks. He says he's been in the wedding business for 20 years, and he has every right to raise his prices to follow the cost of living increases he's incurred. Bottom line, the plaintiff terminated the contract, and he owes nothing. He's accused of causing the wedding blues. The defendant has filed a countersuit for $3,495, the balance due on the contract. All parties, please use your right hands. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case on the docket, the plaintiff hired the defendant to videotape his daughter's wedding and says at the last minute, the guy tried to hike the price by 20% and he's not having it. The defendant is saying, hey, that was a year ago that they agreed on a price. There was a pandemic in between and he had every right to do what he did. It's the case of Wedding Bell Blues. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. Okay, Mr. James, you are suing for $4,800. Your damages are actually a $1,600 deposit, but because you feel that you're, uh, that this defendant uh, engaged in unfair and deceptive practices, you are tripling that under the treble damage clause in your state. You have counterclaimed against him, Mr. Enriquez, for the balance of the contract, because your position is that you've remained ready, willing, and able to comply with the contract. Let's talk, Mr. James. This was, you hired the defendant to do what? To be the videographer at my daughter's wedding. And a funny thing happened on the way to the wedding, uh, and that's the pandemic. 
You're right, Your Honor. Uh, the first uh, case of COVID was in the United States in February, and in March, the World Health Organization declared a worldwide pandemic. I know. I was there. I've suffered this as much as anybody else. <laughs> but yeah. so tell me what happens. When did your daughter and your family finally decide this isn't going to happen? What month? Well, what happened, Your Honor, was uh, we were told by the wedding venue, uh, we were having it at Rosecliff in Newport, Rhode Island, uh, that the governor had come out um, with a uh, mandate and restrictions. And they suggested that we cancel everything because they couldn't guarantee. At that point in time, the maximum capacity was 100 people. Uh, our wedding was supposed to have 265 people at the wedding. So it would have been a challenge to go from 265 to 100. So I met with my daughter, my wife, and my future son-in-law. We discussed uh, you know, if they wanted to take a chance or not. And they said, it just isn't worth taking a chance. We have parents and grandparents who live in Florida and to try and have them fly to uh, Newport, Rhode Island in uh, uh, a situation that uh, was, you know, very health hazardous, obviously. It, it just, it right. would be, if someone went to a wedding and, and then they died, um, you know, how do you ever forgive yourself from something like that? Well, so we had that to tell- and maybe they just don't come. So, you, you know, if they don't come, right. that's ruined the wedding too. So just tell me when you called it. You called it in July? June 26, and we okay. called approximately 15 vendors at that time. We told every one of them that we were going to postpone the wedding, and they all moved it for the same price, uh, and we signed new contracts, uh, and, and everyone was great to deal with, except uh, Mike's company, Artistic Wedding Films. Um, when I spoke with him, he told me that the pricing was going to be raised uh, 5%, um, which I wasn't happy about, but I told him to send me the contracts. And then when I received the contracts, the contracts were increased to 20%. I said, look, it, you know, I think 20% is outrageous. Um, and I said, I think that you're taking advantage of a pandemic and you have my deposit. And for you to have my deposit and say, basically you have three options, go forward with the wedding, which I'm able to do, uh, or you can uh, pay me 20% more and I will do the wedding next year, or I will keep your deposit and you can cancel whatever you wanna cancel. Those are my three options. Well, having right. the wedding was not an option. Uh, going forward at 20%, I felt he was uh, unethical, uh, not honorable and price gouging. Nobody has a 20% price increase, especially during a COVID uh, pandemic. Um, I thought it was a very unethical businessman, Your Honor. I have a recording of a message that you left for him and I wanted to play it. Yeah, hello, D, okay. this is got your email. I will not pay 20%. I'll go to court before I do anything like that. Uh, I want my refund. I'll get another videographer. This is going to be a bad situation. So if you want to talk to me, give me a call. Goodbye. Okay. Let me hear from you, Mr. Enriquez. So this process for us started in early January. You know, in speaking with them, we discussed our services and so on, as we typically do with any couple. Uh, we speak to Jim, and he says, you know, love your work. You know, couple wants to move forward, but let's talk price. And so... You know, he asks for uh, a number of upgrades at no extra charge. We said, you know what? Um, glad to to work with you a bit here. We're working with a great team. We love the venue. We'll give you that 27% discount, roughly $1,895 of additional services. What was the size of the deposit? It was a $1,600 deposit, correct? Correct. Yes, Your Honor. So, All right. we move forward, so we then the pandemic contract. hits and the world changes and... Um, 
bad things are happening everywhere and everybody's hoping that it'll be over soon. And I understand that a businessman in your position would like to make up for lost time, but how does he get a contract that says a 20% increase? So shortly after the pandemic hit, his daughter and future son-in-law reach out and say, hey, we have a pandemic, which we were well aware of. And I said, we will do the best we can for you. We don't know what's going to happen right now. We are knee deep in trying to console and work with our clients that are closer to having their events. You know, we're trying to make arrangements already re, uh, rescheduling contracts, which we were amicable to do. But that's neither here nor there. I've had a lot of COVID venue cases and a lot of COVID vendor cases for a lot of big events. I have to be honest with you, Mr. Enriquez, I have never seen someone say, yeah, you can reschedule your event because I'm not going to give you your money back. But guess what? You're going to pay me 20% more because my prices went up. I have never had anybody say that. And if he doesn't like it, he can like it or lump it because he's not getting his deposit back. Talk to me. No, ma'am. I gave him plenty of options. I said, uh, through our conversations, first of all, I had let Ali and, and uh, you know, in the, in the future, his future son-in-law know that I would do anything possible to work with them up until May 1st of 2021. No price increases. Other the than not charging 20%. Other than not increasing yes, your price by 20%. That's the one thing Absolutely. you're not willing to do. What will you get? Can I ask you a question? Did you raise yes, every single contract after May by 20% or just his contract because he's the one with the dough in, in Newport, Rhode Island? You know, which is this it? Because I'm kind of, you can't, well, I don't know. I don't know. This is a really big wedding. It's, they're spending a lot of money. Did you raise every single wedding's prices? Yes, I did. Wow. Let's look at your contract. You have a clause. It, it does. The payments are non-refundable, non-transferable. Yeah, everybody's, no, everybody's contract says that. That doesn't make you special. Everyone's contract says deposits are non-refundable. That doesn't end the discussion. When there's a pandemic and okay. you can't perform what you got hired to perform, there's a discussion in court. So now let's see, because you so, can't do I could it. Perform you can't. Oh, right. With five people? No. I did not have a count because that is not what I get hired for. My contract states a date, okay. a time, and a location. And now here, which I'm look at the time that's, yeah. And was through the whole process. Yeah, except for that you couldn't do it because the venue where you would have done it said, we need to cancel. And you know that it was a big wedding, okay? And then it says here, we are not responsible for any circumstances out of our control, such as, but not limited, to transportation malfunction, equipment failure, natural disasters. That is the only thing you could be hanging your hat on. Now let us discuss this topic. Even if we weren't trying to figure out whose fault is COVID, which is no one's fault, even if we weren't going through the impossibility of performance discussion, you can't impose a new contract on the guy. So when you send him, oh, by the way, here's our deal now, you're paying me 20%. And he says, no, I'm not. Right there, you're breaching the contract. So there is no world where I am not going to order you to return this man's $1,600. You are suing for treble damages because you say it's a deceptive practice. I don't know if you can pick up, Mr. James. I don't like the defendant's position. But I am not willing to call it a deceptive practice, okay? Everybody's hurting during this. I'm sure his business is hurting. I'm sure he tried to 
you know, make more money, it didn't work and you're gonna win. You're gonna get exactly what you wanted to get, which is the return of the $1,600. On your counterclaim against him, Mr. Enriquez, in case it's not abundantly clear, I am not gonna order him to pay you an additional $3,500 so that you get a full 5,000 for not only not performing, but also trying to shove down his throat a 20% increase, which is a change in the contract that he never accepted. So I'm ordering you to return the $1,600. I am ordering prejudgment statutory interest since the date of your phone call to him. And on your counterclaim, zero, and of course, your court costs. Good luck. I hope you have a lovely wedding, you and your daughter, Mr. James, and her and her future husband. And good luck to you, Mr. Enriquez. Thank you, Your Honor. Thank you, Your Honor. Mr. Enriquez, uh, the judge, you and the judge had quite a co conversation about your contract. What did you learn from this? I learned uh, some new uh, contract information that I need to uh, to review, but um, I felt that I had given him a discount, you know, starting off, and I showed him uh, good favor and good faith in giving them a, a an amazing service at a, an amazing value. And uh, he was he strong armed me and was very rude through emails and very demanding through the process and uh, only wanting his way and not being negotiable at all, which was unfair. I felt. Well, he was the man paying the bill, so it was up to him. You know, that was his choice. All right, Mr. James, what are you thinking now? How do you feel about the outcome of the case? Well, I think uh, justice was served in this case. Uh, I thought he was unethical and uh, not honorable, and I'm glad that uh, justice was served in this case. You know, the judge agreed with you. Thank you very much. Yes, Congratulations, sir. Mr. James. Okay. Thank Good you. Good for you. All right, Harvey, what are you thinking? Doug, this is a really interesting case. We're going to see a lot of these cases post-COVID because in a situation like this, I, the defendant is saying, hey, look, there could have been a wedding with a smaller group of people. And the judge is saying, no, in the middle of COVID, if you can have 10 people when you were supposed to have 160, it doesn't cut it. So the plaintiff had every right to delay. These are issues that have never been litigated before and are going to be litigated a lot because of all of the problems associated with COVID. My neighbors leave their kids' toys strewn all over their lawn and the place looks like a daycare. <laughs> I'm selling my house and I want them to clean up their yard. Can I sue them for something like this because they refuse to listen to reason? Thanks. Wow. <laughs> uh, no. You don't own their yard. You own your yard. Right. I mean, if you're, if you, let's say you're selling your house and the neighbor happens to have a dog who barks incessantly. Yeah, okay? that's it's just, and it has a really annoying. Sometimes a small dog has like an unbelievable bark. Yeah, yappy dogs. <laughs> right. They're super loud, and you, you know, you want to show the house, and you have some people coming over. There's a realtor maybe showing your house or something, and all the, they can't even talk to each other over the yapping. Yeah. That's, you know, what are you going to do? That's yeah. just, that's, that's your, where you live. That's, that's the house you're live. selling. So, yeah, is, yeah, I mean, if I were you, I wouldn't sue. I would maybe talk to them and ask them very nicely. Do you think that, you know, you can, or is it up. okay if I tidy up and just put them all in one spot when I'm showing the house? Yeah, they might appreciate that. Right.